Say Shura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Elaine. And I am her trusty companion, Scoop Magoo. <laughs> I was that, that I was that was a pause right there. I was gonna uh, say, like, I'm yeah. sure once you heard the pause, you're like, oh no. Where where's this going? <laughs> I, I, I was I was hoping for like a you know it's a star date. <laughs> star. 54, 25. Oh, the crew of the Enterprise and I. <laughs> I honestly don't um, even know what, like, uh, you know, people were joking that like the months and weeks are flowing together. Uh, I, yeah. I started really feeling that recently, where I'm like, I don't even know what's what's going on. Like, what did we do last weekend? What did we do this weekend? Oh yeah. I don't know. Well, I, so like, <laughs> I, I I actually have certain like routines that I do during the week that I, that, that, that kind of keep it together. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It's it's slowly it's slipping away. Um, anyway, music, it's good. It is. <laughs> and that's been our podcast this week. Um, <laughs> thanks, so, for, thanks for joining us. Th- thanks for sticking around. Oh, uh, we appreciate you. Um, we were, so, it, it, hold on. Let's, let's ignore the motorcyclist. Um, Actually, today we we're talking about albums with motorcycles. Yeah. I'm like, no, we're not. Yeah, we're talking about motorcycles. Um, we're talking about that South Park episode with all the motorcycles. Oh my um, god, that's amazing! Rum, 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 rum. That was really uh, funny. God, not even two minutes in, we're already fucking off the rails. Um, that's okay. I feel like that's so, kind of my favorite favorite episodes where we just are so. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I like doing free episodes, um, but you know, so this week we we decided to do another album. There, uh, we tried to keep it kind of low key after. Last week after we basically talked for like an hour straight about just like creativity and just going on random bullshit uh, for a little bit, which mind you, I enjoyed. It was good bullshit. Yeah, it was good bullshit, but bullshit nonetheless. <laughs> um, so we decided to do an album dare, and uh, Scott asked me to uh, listen to this thing. Uh, this is Enca- Encarnado by uh, Jukara Marcal, which. I will say right now, I know I'm butchering because uh, I think it's a Portuguese name. Yeah, she's from Brazil. So yeah, it's important. Br- Brazilian. She's, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is the reason I chose this because there were a few other albums. Yeah, I, was... I, 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 I want to hear this because I, I just, I, I want a fucking explanation for why you, why you chose this. Yeah. So I, you know, this is kind of an album dare for myself because I haven't listened to this album for a very long time, and and more importantly, I, f- I didn't. I couldn't remember the specifics about this album for a very long time. This was back in early college. It was either freshman or sophomore year. One of my friends, uh, it was yeah, one of my other friends who was in that phase of kind of getting out of you know the core genres and moving more into like you know real music. Um, <laughs> and he said, "Yo, this is really interesting because I, I believe he, yeah, if I'm remembering the correct friend, he also is from Brazil. He's someone I wrote with." on the new review the first ever blog i I wrote for um and he you know recommended this album that was you know brazil you know brazilian weird folk and it to me at the time this was so far out of my comfort zone like i thought (laughs) this was incredibly avant-garde incredibly experimental and i i there was something i liked about it but i didn't really like it it just was out of my purview as, as a listener so mm-hmm. I liked it at the time. 
fast forward to, I think maybe even a few few months ago, a year ago, it was relatively recently, that, you know, sometimes albums just pop into your head. Yeah. So this yeah. album popped into my head, but all I remembered was that it had a yellow cover. It was weird folk from like Central America or South America, and it had uh, like a Picasso-esque naked woman on the front. That's all I remembered about it. And I don't know about you, or I don't know if you've used regular music. That's not like the most helpful information to find. <laughs> nope. So yeah, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it at all. Fast forward to recently, uh, I think maybe even like a week or two ago. Um, it was actually right before you said we should do an album there. I was just listening to the new More Mother album because I hadn't heard it, the one that came out last year. And at the bottom, yeah. there was a, a feature from Jacara Markel. And I was like, what does that mean? Sound familiar. Look it up. Boom. There it is. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, that's the album. And don't you love Don't you love when that shit happens? It was, yeah, it was such a weird, like, you know, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, you know, I have this, that, and, you know, the, the other thing. Um, so I wanted to listen to this because, A, I, I was so curious what you would think, Elaine. I, I could not wait to hear what you would think. But more importantly, this is one of the first times in a while, there have been other albums, examples are escaping me, where something that really hit me a certain way years ago, you know, when I was a, kind of a different music listener, hit me mm. a completely different you know, way today. So I was really curious if I thought this was as avant-garde or experimental today as I did, you know, in early college. Um, and unfortunately, her Wikipedia page is very short, and it's, yeah. it's in Portuguese, so I could, there isn't much information. Basically, she's a relatively well-known songwriter in the un, you know underground kind of experimental Brazilian music. Um, she's only released a few albums, even though she's been around for you know, a, a little bit at this point. Um, and I, I definitely, actually, you know, I want to hear what you, you thought for, cause I, I don't want to wait any longer. I really want to hear your <laughs> thoughts. Uh, okay. So I, I, I guess the best way for me to explain my thoughts is also with the story. Uh, because I think it was like last Wednesday and I'm like, Oh fuck. I, I still need to listen to the album dare. Uh, cause you know, I've been, I've been watching anime and just, you know, blazing around. Uh, you know, li- living it up in uh, in in COVID, basically. Um, you know, <laughs> and so I uh, I I looked on Apple Music at at Jakara Markel's uh, page, and I saw this one album that had like a picture of like I don't know, I, I, like someone with like an like an afro or like really curly hair and glasses. Okay. Um, and so, like, I, I looked at that album cover, and I'm like, it, for some reason, my mind just automatically jumps to, like, okay, so this is going to be, like, some sort of bossa nova, Latin jazz sort of type of thing where, like, you know, we're, 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 we're going to get real rhythmic and uh, real passionate, you know, and what have you. And so I'm like, okay, I, I can get into this. And then I then I, then I press play on, on Encarnado, and... Uh, Huh. <laughs> I, I I I was like, what, what, what the fuck is going on here? It, which I I I I must I must address this. I, I did I do not see this in a bad light. It just took me by surprise yeah. so much because like I I think there's I like I've always associated like you know Central and South American music with a lot of rhythm uh-huh. like you know even like um. 
uh, Cairo Baptista, who works with John Zorn a lot, his his project Banquet of Spirits, like is very rhythmic. And I mean, it, part of that is because he's a percussionist. Uh, you know, the, the, there's always and, and like I think of like, you know, like Tito Puente, Arturo Sandoval, uh, Dizzy Gillespie's sort of Afro-Cuban era of of jazz um ray barreto's acid uh-huh. uh the, 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 there's a lot of really good like you know central and south american like jazz like influenced jazz and so i i thought this was going to be you know something in that way and just to not have that was just the biggest fucking whiplash yeah for me um that being said i actually really enjoyed it i um it but it was it was one of those things that it took it, it took a little bit to kind of ease into it is it's it was kind of like it's like a like like the music equivalent of like a really cold pool or like like you know you you have to sort of go in like you know feet first you know and then 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 up to your knees then up to your chest you know yeah and like eventually it warms up um it, it was kind of like that like i i probably listen to this thing i think almost every day since Wednesday. Oh, I think cool. I missed one day, um, and I, coincidentally, I was also reading manga throughout throughout it <laughs> as well, because uh, I wasn't really sure what else to do during that time. Because you can't really it's it's tough to read with vocal music. Yeah, and uh, I I I felt like I, I it needed more attention um, than than me just doing whatever and listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, yeah. It, I, I guess I think what the the first thing that really interested me was the lack of percussion in this thing. Yeah, that you know, in, in sort of how she's able to work without it, uh, how she's able to create this coherent structure with it. I think that, and just the overall production. You know how there's like I, I think electric guitars, but like they 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 have like a very high gain on them. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they they're pretty distorted. You know, and it just it it makes for this interesting contrast between like that and her voice, uh, and again, just like the rack, the 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 rack, the lack <laughs> of rhythm. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of created this really. It wasn't like an unsettling atmosphere, but it was, I, I guess, uncanny. Perhaps is the best word, because it's it, I it's it's not bad. It's just it was just so alien at first. That it, it just kind of throws you for a loop. Uh-huh. And uh, I think the other thing, and maybe you can comment on this too, because I wasn't really sure maybe I'm just uh, listening differently, but it, it felt like it, it got kind of more disjointed and more surreal as the album went on. Like the track listing seemed to like lead into like this kind of musical void that like by the end she kind of jumps back out of. I I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I could totally see that. Like yeah. that, like you know, like, like you start off kind of, I mean, kind of normal for this album, I guess. You know, you you got the electric guitars. I think you got some saxophone in the first track. Uh, you know, but as it goes on, you know, you get like some like electronics added. Sometimes you get like a little more saxophone. You and then more than anything the space between everything seems to kind of widen a little more and a little more with each track and it was it was already kind of wide to begin with that was actually something that really interested me at first that 
like the production on this thing is really strange like it's almost perplexing like it's it's tough to describe because it feels like there's like it doesn't exactly feel like they recorded it all together live but there's sort of this space between everything that i usually i i guess maybe that that phase that the that space is filled by like you know bass and, and like percussion and maybe it was just not being used to hearing that what was creating that but it but it was just it was very odd and i really liked it like it was just such a different listen mm-hmm. um you know so just I, I, as it went through like it, it felt like it was getting stranger and stranger and you go in kind of deeper into this void and then uh you know th- then you start getting almost more traditional like as things go you, you know you you get some kalimba work uh, which was I, I i personally love kalimba mm-hmm. i think it sounds so beautiful um and you know so it was just yeah it, it was just a very interesting experience uh, especially that i i don't know the exact track but there's one where like there's like this electronic beep that just shows up randomly in the recording yeah and, and i was like what is going on like but, but like i liked it like it was just like i i i think it was just like i i i i can't stress enough that i don't think this is bad at all I, I'm just so, like, mystified by it, and, and I like that feeling. Like, I, I, I like not knowing what to really say about this in terms of, like, whether, oh, I like this or I dislike this. Because it's just so fucking out there, for like, for, for at least for what I'm used to. Um, You, you know, it, it's funny because you, you said that the, this was an early, like, avant-garde album for you, right? Yeah. Uh, because I, I was thinking back to, to like around that same time, like my early avant-garde experimental stuff was probably like Dillinger Escape Plan's Option Paralysis and uh, D-Louse in the Comatorium. And like both of those have, you know, a rhythm section to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like it, it's, it's just interesting that like this one album sounds so different from everything else. When in reality, there's it, it's it's it, it's just like it's only missing like a few fundamental elements in a way. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's partially what threw me off at first. You know, back when yeah. I initially listened to this, is because you know I I've listened to folk before. I'd listened to um, Latin music before, and I, I guess I didn't expect that you know, the lack of percussion, that kind of folksy approach to be this jarring. And I, I will say, in terms of how this, you know, evolved with me, this definitely isn't as avant-garde as I remember it being. Just in that, I only mean that, like, I still think this is really creative, really experimental, and I, I love, like like you said, that there are some tracks that do feel really traditional, maybe a little off-kilter, but still, like, you, they're pretty traditional. Yeah. Um, you know, and then some that are just really, really out there. I think I forget the song, and it's hard that they're um, they're on yeah, Portuguese. exactly. So it's hard for me to remember. But the, there's one where the guitar, like the riffing, is it feels like finger style. It's a little off kilter. You know, there's a lot of there aren't like mm. traditional chords. It's like da- dancing up the fretboard. That is still like a little dissonant, but definitely something I can I can quote unquote handle now. Having listened to more experimental metal music, but 
I, I definitely hear how back in the day uh, this is. Just, I was just not prepared for this because th- this is mm. totally out of the realm of any of the Latin music I listen to, any of the folk music I listen to, as I said. But just in general, I, like th- this is not because um, even like the death metal I listen to, the death core I listen to, like yeah, it's dissonant, but it, it still follows a very specific track. Like still, like it's very you could latch on to um, like the breakdowns of the beats, the drumming, everything is very rhythmic. Whereas this, it just felt like she was being super creative and just going wherever the mood took her. And I, I think that's mm. what I love most about this listen is I, I could totally see myself. I mean, I don't know if she tours or whatever, but I think it would be great to see this in a live setting because... It's probably YouTube videos yeah, on, and, online. And something else I, I appreciated was um, I, I didn't feel like it got old. Like that was something that... Yeah, you know, for me, like like a, a folk really, I guess this is in like the broader world of, of folk. Something about folk, um, you notice when an album is like a one trick pony, and it really torpedoes mm. the quality. Like when you can tell that they're essentially just going to s- slightly switch up the chords they're using, but pretty much sing the same way, you know, with the same kind of phrasings. It's they aren't going to incorporate a ton of other instrumentation. You know, th- that's just the worst kind of folk album. And I really liked that she went down several different rabbit holes and and try to do um, something she, a bit she, different. She, she tried to do things differently, but at the same time, there's still this cohesiveness to it. Yeah. Uh, that like it, It's not like she's switching up the instrumentation too much. Like, really, if anything, there's more additions than subtractions or cha- full-out changes in the instrumentation. Exactly. Um, that's, something, that's one of the reasons I love, like a, you know, obviously a much more traditional folk artist like uh, uh, Sushan Stevens. Like, Car- yeah. Carrie and Lowell is an incredibly simple album that really uses the same sparse instrumentation, but he's able to to twist it in, you know, very different, unique ways. And, and obviously, mm. that, that's a far cry from what Jakar Markel does here, but it, it, is, it is the same idea where, you know, she really, like you said, doesn't switch up what she uses or what her, you know, her bandmates uses or whoever performs with her, but it's still it hits in a different way and she's able to take different, you know, different shades of kind of avant-garde music of the underground Brazilian scene, I suppose. And, and some more traditional aspects of Brazilian folk music. So I, I have a question is what do you think about her vocals? Uh, I, I kind of like that. They're like, I don't think that they're, you know, some people you enjoy because they're unique, but they're not necessarily good. Like, I don't think her vocals yeah. are bad, but they certainly... I don't know. That's another interesting layer about this album. Because I don't think... They obviously aren't super traditional, but they do have... She definitely is talented. Like, she definitely can sing. Yeah. yeah. I, I See, I, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of, like, oh, like, technical proficiency or anything like that. I was thinking more just about sort of the performance itself mm-hmm. uh j- just because it was like n- now that i'm really like kind of digesting it um like it, it, it's strange how integral it is to the rest of the song oh absolutely like yeah. the, like if you if you took her vocals away it would just sound like like nonsense yeah in a way like so it's it's interesting to like that that, that she kind of is able to serve as this like linchpin for the entire album, but when you think about when I think about her singing, I'm like, did, 
is she really singing on this or is she like just is this more of like a spoken word type of thing and i feel like it's it's kind of like somewhere in between yeah um, for sure. you know to if if we want to throw back a couple weeks ago it's it's kind of like a um uh sonic youth kim gordon type of thing yeah yeah where, where it's like not not quite singing not quite speaking but like this interesting like middle uh th- though i i feel like she does have her melodic moments um I, I think it's just cool to see, like, because I think there's this, you know, I, at least for me, um, there, there's kind of this stereotype of, like, the passionate, you know, folk singer, mm-hmm. <laughs> South, the, the passionate South American folk singer, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just interesting to see her kind of turn that, you know, image on its head and and kind of, like, just, you know, be able to you know, like sort of show that that passion can sort of be redistributed into other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really interesting you bring up the the kind of spoken word angle because it's definitely there. But I think as an American listener, just the way that Portuguese singing sounds, it kind of even when she does have those kind of more speak speaking esque elements, it yeah. sounds more musical just because I'm not used to hearing. Portuguese, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally agree with that. That's kind of why I like to listen to like foreign, um, you know, uh, like other music in other languages, because there's like this mellifluousness to, you know, uh, the spoken word that I think gets lost with English a lot. At least in our, uh, you know, it. I, I think it just comes down to our perception of language and how I think language as we think of it is mainly you know to communicate like it's its existence is to get a communication across when i think in a song it's used in a more artistic light and so therefore the communication aspect of it is a little bit diminished and i i I feel like we don't really listen to that part of it as much Mm -hmm. um and so so, you know it always I, i i do love hearing like um Especially when like Cedric uh, from Mars Volta, you know, sings in Spanish, I I always love those parts because they, there's just a you, you really get to hear, you know, just kind of the pure music of it as opposed to the the meaning behind all of it. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, overall, I, th- this was a really interesting listen. I oh, I I, I love the album cover too. It's very like. It's an odd album cover, but it was it, it was just like I it, it really like it's 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 an example of of art speaking for the music in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I felt like it was a very fitting album cover. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think that's probably one of the reasons that it it stuck with me, even though I forgot what it was called for so long. Yeah, it's because it it is a, it was a very striking um, album cover for sure. Um, and, yeah, and like it, it really it gave me you know, kind of Picasso vibes in a way. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think because there were a couple of arts that reminded me of, but I can't really think of them off the top of my head. Um, yeah, there's certainly better comparisons. That's just you know. Yeah, I, I, I think I, we might I, have been doing the Picasso unit at the time, which is why it. Oh, maybe just yeah. They, too. Yeah, see, I I, I never uh, did that unit. Um, I long story. I I didn't take like second year humanities or like half of it. Oh. so yeah. Um, 
Uh, also, for anybody wondering, me, me and Scott went to the same school, uh, same yeah. college. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 yeah, like the, I think just, I think this this album is just a great example of of, you know, taking that plunge into something you might not be comfortable with is ultimately rewarding, even if it's not immediately rewarding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just like because it, it sort of reminded me of. Um, like way when I way back when I was first getting into jazz, um, I had uh, a, a professor mention offhandedly uh, Coltrane's Ascension, and I was like, I, I love the sound of that, and the, like how he described it. And I'm like, I, I gotta listen to this, and so like I put it on Spotify. I think like that afternoon, and like after a minute of it, I was like, Nope, nope, not having <laughs> no, this. <thank> you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I it's funny because I I just listened to it uh, just the other day, and I was like, This thing is just, it's just pure genius, like. It, it it is just so freaking beautiful, uh-huh. but it's you know it's it's again it's it's like it's it, it, it it's some music takes a while, yeah. and this isn't to say that music that is media rewarding isn't somehow lesser. Like it, it, it it's it's all on the same level. It's just that like you know it's you you just kind of have to take things differently. I guess is you know it's like. I don't know. I, I I don't really have the words to explain that right now. Yeah, um, for sure. Don't have the headspace. Um, you, so you want to move on to our our next one? Yes, a very a very very different album. Machine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had Scott listen to uh, "Untrue" by uh, Burial, and uh, so yeah, this is I I this is an album that I I was surprised you've never listened to. Um, because I think we we talked about this before a few up like uh, a handful of episodes ago mm-hmm. now, um, and you just mentioned that you'd never listened to it, which I'm like, for for someone who loves dance music as much as you do, yeah. they, like that's just so surprising to me. And um, yeah, th- this is an album that personally is um, been kind of a difficult listen at first. Like I I remember buying it at Bull Moose just on a whim because I was looking for like new electronic music to listen to. And like, like that, like burial, like like untrue is considered like one of the best albums of the decade mm-hmm. over like the last decade, um, you know. And so just to, you know, in the way people described it as like kind of experimental and kind of like uh, dubstepy, which I don't really see that comparison. But I, the the term dubstep is is has kind of been. Um, bent out of shape a little bit over the last decade oh, absolutely. so um it, it's kind of tough i mean to, to be fair like electronic music genre tags are possibly the most mercurial out of like any other music genre oh absolutely because the, there, there's just a fucking million of them and sometimes there's just like zero difference between the two you know or at least like the differences are so slight that they might as well not even be considered different genres Exactly. I mean, even with dubstep, you have. I mean, obviously, people think of, you know, Skrillex and whatnot, but there yeah, are. Like, uh, people think of that as like bro step. If you look on radio yeah. music, it's bro step <laughs> it's now, like which a, is like even a okay. subset of dubstep. But there are artists yeah. like you know early James Blake and artists like Subtract that use dubstep, and you could clearly hear. You know, you you would even you would under, you would see the common threads between Skrillex and what they're doing but it's much more subtle and it's it's crazy how 
if you just tone down some elements, if you you know tone up or you know, tone up whatever, you, you increase you know the intensity, yeah. it could totally shift the genre. It's definitely it's something that I periodically try to understand, like the difference between garage and like different shades of house and yeah, UK it's, bass and it, whatever. It's nuts. Yeah, like footwork, but it's definitely um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting but undertaking. so l- l- let's talk about your thoughts on this thing because I-, I know personally like i had a tough time uh going into this uh you know when i bought this a few years ago but i've grown to really like it but um i really want to know what your thoughts are yeah so this uh, you know, it it's it's labeled as a whole slew of genres i i like you know this is yeah. one of those just chalk it up to you know being lazy you know definitely you know seeing that this has shades of you know, ambient, minimal techno, some light dubstep, some uh, down tempo. Which down tempo is still a genre. I don't really understand what classifies I mean, it. It's, it's, it's same thing with down with chill out music. Like what what the hell is the difference between down tempo and chill out? Yeah, but all I've learned about down tempo is that I like it. It it, it is kind of like ambient dance music in a way. Like or it's it's kind of like more popular styles just well like played the, in the, a... the, the whole point of like chill out in like down tempo was was to sort of serve as like an interim between you know breaks of of like high energy dance music yeah so well that's interesting that's actually a really helpful context because th- yeah I mean, I, that, I, I, that's honestly I, a way i might I, I, dis- I, I don't know which one specifically that it could be referring to both i'm not entirely sure but that that's definitely kind of the beginning of it yeah that might um, that honestly is maybe a way i would describe what down tempo sounds like so it's funny that that's <laughs> that's kind of like what it was at one point but, yeah um yeah th- this i haven't really even listened to the newest burial stuff because he's i mean he hasn't released an album since I, I for, for, from what I've seen, you know, this is just based on sort of popular opinion that I've been able to glean. Apparently, he's really haven't hasn't been able to like, you know, top this. He's kind of had like, uh, like a DJ Shadow moment where he just yeah, like like a Nas moment. Yeah, almost. exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that he's really only released EPs here like, and there, like two albums. Like yeah, but yeah, that just like a handful of EPs. Yeah, on, like uh, since then, Hyper like Dub. I remember, especially uh, River Dealer was a big deal back in 2013. You know, people were like, oh, and I think it was just that it was new, because um, I think River Dealer was one of his longer EPs. I I could be totally wrong, but that got some praise, but definitely not in the level of you know how untrue is regarded. And I was really glad to 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 finally listen to it. I mean, this is definitely an electronic release that's been on my radar for a long time. Um, and I, I, I want to get, I have one just minor, I mean, maybe two complaints, but they're tied hand in hand. Uh, I feel like it really isn't that long. It's only like 50 minutes. It just felt longer because I feel like yeah. track to track, there isn't a ton of variation. The, um, there really isn't. Um, um, and so it felt like by the end... I wasn't, you know, unhappy with what I, I was hearing at all, but it just, it felt like, you know, especially he uses more or less the same kind of beats throughout the whole album and the, yeah. the same kind of approach to songcraft. That said, I really loved his production. So it really, it, I will say every time, I, you know, the, the handful of times I, I, I've listened to this, for this, this episode, it really did by the end, I, 
I, I didn't reach like the like fuck I want this to be over point, but I definitely was like okay, I'm kind of ready for this to be done. Yeah, see, I I, I kind of feel the same thing whenever I listen to this as well. Um, you know, it it just I I guess you know maybe a good comparison is uh the, it's like forest swords in a way. Just but I, f- it, I feel like in for- terms of in terms of there's a formula. Yeah, there's definitely a formula. I feel like um, well, I mean, I guess your mileage may vary, but I could totally see someone. Like I think four swords adds in a bit more variety, but I can totally see, you know, why someone would, would think that he didn't because I do I do think um, you do have that same kind of idea here. I mean, each song has, you know, it's light, airy sense. You know, it's danceable, but not 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 in the traditional. It's not like four to the floor, but like yeah. you could still you could hear it. Um, there's a great you can you can still bump to it. Yeah, yeah. there's a there's a great, you know, I, I really don't read Pitchfork reviews much at all anymore, but um, they wrote a review for Huerco S. He's a really, really great ambient um, artist. Oh, I I feel like, I, I think you've talked about this, be- yeah. but, but but remind me. It, it's like a, it's a silver and, and gold album. kind of looks like, in, you know, like you would put a leaf under a, a page and, and shade it. Um, yes. Like back in like grade school, like like you would you would put paper over relief and and shade it. So like that's what the cover looked like. Oh but, oh okay. Oh with like silver yeah, and gold, it, and it really stuck out yeah. to me. But especially what stuck out to me was saying like it sounds like the echoes or like the remnants of a night at the club, and this kind of feels the same way to me. Where it's you get the vibes of dance music, but it just feels like almost the phantom of 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 a more yeah. like direct danceable intense beat and i especially love the way um this is something you know i've, I've loved since i i first again i say i'm never going to bring up again but then he always keeps coming up but this is what first attracted me to kanye's music is i love creative use of vocal samples like the way that when people can effectively incorporate vocal samples into their music and make it well, you know, musical, um, and I yeah, but the, it's, it's sort of take the context out of the vocals and like put it into a new, more musical context. Exactly, and, yeah. and obviously, Burial approaches that idea of much, you know, very different way than you know, like, like the Chipmunk Soul that Kanye does. But I love the way Burial did that. I mean, just kind of uh, in general, I love dance music that relies on vocal samples, and it, it's. I don't know. Like it definitely was. It was weird feeling this conflicted about it because track by track, like every single track, I I, I loved. Like I I thought that kind of every idea he had worked for me. It was just that I he didn't deviate from that that one yeah. central idea. And at the end of the day, I mean, I still you know next time we go to Bolmos, whenever whenever that happens to be, I want to buy a copy of this because I just the music itself is fantastic. But oh yeah, I I mean I. So, here's the thing: is you're definitely a bigger fan of dance music than I am, mm-hmm. uh, and I I would say my issue with dance music is pretty much what you've brought up here is yeah. that it's very repetitive, and I mean part of this because it's it's meant to be repetitive. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not meant for like somebody like like us to sit on like their leather armchair and be like, oh hmm, what does this make me think of? <laughs> you know, as we scratch our beards, you know, <laughs> it's. I wish I had a leather armchair. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we, we, we have like a snifter of brandy yeah, exactly. as well. Right? That, 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 that we're aerating with one hand. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, awesome. You know, it, it's, it's music that's meant to get you like pumped up and, you know, raven and like, you know, maybe do 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 a drug too. Yeah. <laughs> one drug. Can I have a crack? One, one single drug. Like, <laughs> only, like, that, 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 that's the secret is only one is okay. But if you do more, you're fucked. Exactly. Um. <laughs> You've seen that episode of It's Always Sunny, right? Yeah, we like, know what. We'll have one, one what, one crack, please. Oh yeah, well, one crack. And you just see a look in his face where he's like, "Oh man, I'm gonna fleece these guys. Like I'm gonna take these guys for." <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. So, just but but yeah, the, the the repetition of dance music can get a little bit much for me. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's it's sort of depending on what I'm doing at the time. Like you know, I when I when I had Untrue on, I was reading um like a book about John Cage. So, like, you know, it, it kind of worked well because, you know, it's nice to have something a little repetitive in the background. Yeah. To kind of keep your mind going and focus on one thing. Um, but, yeah, they like, yeah, they, like dance music is always hit or miss for me. And like, like I said, this, this took a while for, for it to, like, really digest with me. I think part of it has to do with, like, sort of the hype of it. Because, like, people, like, really, like, swear by this album. Like it, it's it like th- this is just like one of those albums that has like this really odd legendary status to it. Um, th- despite having, I don't even think it's been ten years yeah. since it's been out. That was something that really interested me. Is because I, you know, I get why people love it because I I did really enjoy it. I think it's it's really well done. But I just feel like, and, and again, I I was I'm not old enough to have been like a a well-listened listener in the mid-2000s, but I was surprised this is held in the regard it is and it was released in 2007. Like, if this came out in the 90s or even, like, the very late 80s, I could see people saying, wow, this is, like, super groundbreaking. And, again, maybe that's just my ignorance to, you know, the electronic music scene scene at the time. But I I guess I could see this being groundbreaking or at least, you know, kind of revitalizing trends that have been lurking in the, you know, the underground. But, yeah, I, I... was surprised that this is held in the regard it is in yeah. terms of being like a, like a genre defining album I, I think maybe it's because I mean we're looking at this from a point in the future yeah and I think that this thing has such an effect on electronic music mm-hmm. that the electronic music that we know today I think maybe perhaps sounds so much like it that we can't really see yeah the influence almost because like the the way burial you know manipulates these vocal samples reminds me a lot of um of like what would become like witch house music mm-hmm. um you know like purity ring and like salem and those yeah. type of, those guys um which i oh i you know much of a witch house fan no i, I just I'm, yeah. I, I'm agreeing that that's that's a really good i totally see where you're coming from with that yeah um, just, just I, like i don't the, mind purity ring and that kind of yeah say my favorite but, but i don't mind them Yes, yeah, like I, I look, I, I wouldn't shit on you either way because it's definitely not a genre that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I can definitely see how it can be a little abrasive at times, um, and I mean it is repetitive as well. Yeah, um, but know, but just that's better. interesting because I feel like, um, like I love ambient music, so obviously repetition isn't you know this is something I was thinking about as I was listening to this, and you, you know repetition isn't like an automatic, you know, red flag for me. And even in terms of dance music, uh, like, I love the field. 
and he he makes some of the most. Yeah, oh, the, the the field is so. He makes some of the minimal. most minimal, re, re, yeah. you know, some of the most repetitive electronic music I've ever heard. I, I, I have I have tried, dude. Yeah. I've tried the field, but I it, could not do it. It was I think. I think it was like his 2013 or 2014 album, like The Follower. But for some reason, he is able to strike that perfect, for me at least, the perfect balance between, like, it's super extremely repetitive, like, ambient minimal techno, but it just, it sucks me in. And just he is able to work on I, these really alluring grooves. And So he, here's a theory for you about, about maybe why this album isn't, you know, isn't working the same way. Um, I, I think it has to do with sort of the unquantized percussion mm-hmm. that's going on. I think that maybe it creates sort of this complex atmosphere that, you know, is really cool for what it is. But if you hear it over and over and over again, you know, it no longer becomes special in a way. Yeah, I, 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 that was actually kind of the, the, in a way, the direction I was, yeah. I, I was heading and kind of maybe to add to that is that since like i don't hear a field song or like you know even a, a gas song or any of like the really repetitive like you hear it in that certain context where you're just sucked in by one repetitive rhythm with maybe a few changes here and there but i think burial this album and again i don't want it to get lost in all this that i really did enjoy this it just kind of was the, yeah. the structure and the logical extension of what he was doing that got to me but i think because this does sound like normal, quote unquote, normal dance music, like a lot of the time. Like it really does hit in that way. So that when it does become that repetitive, and when you do kind of feel like he's drawing from the same well over and over and over again, it it doesn't. After a while, it doesn't suck you in in quite the same way because your brain is used to hearing these palettes in kind of a dance music se- setting, obviously, but a bit more robust in you know this. Case. Yeah, I. I think part. I think this maybe has a little bit to do with you know uh, the the same thing we always bring up whenever ambient music comes into play. Brian Eno's definition of ambient music that you know it's something that you can simultaneously not pay attention to, but also pay attention to. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that perhaps having that type of percussion kind of skews that definition slightly, or at least um, you know it no longer allows for this you know that sort of nebulous listening um because you know like when you have a rhythm that's going on you know it, it it locks you in yeah in a way and it keeps you going as opposed to like you know like rarely do you hear an ambient album that uses percussion at least in this way because like you know uh like gases pop like you know the, the percussion that's used in that is like very minimal uh-huh. um but here it's you know again very complex you know i and i think that that's part like you know i was thinking even of um biosphere substrata that like the opening track for that is you know this this uh this one note that gets delayed over and over again Uh and uh you know you would think that that would get boring or you know i think you think that would lock you into that repetition too but it it i i think there's like a slightly different time on the delay Uh so like it ends up creating kind of this you know, druggy feel to it, kind of like like it becomes more of a, a amorphous ambient soundscape that we're used to, as opposed to this, which is trying to fuse, I think, dance music and you know a lot of things that show up in ambient. Yeah, and it 
it is super inventive, and I I do like the directions he he takes it in. But uh, I, I think what you're talking about really is what what drags it down just just a bit. And I wonder yeah. I wonder because this is one of the criticisms that I find so frustrating when I levy against an album is that. Like I feel like some tracks need to be cut or some time needs to be shaved off, but I don't really know where. You know, like there isn't necessarily one song I thought was weaker, but uh, the 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 first track. Oh, you think so? <laughs> well, because it's just like this forty-six second, like you know, vocal sample thing. Yeah, I could see that, but in terms like of... I'm, it serves nothing because like Archangel is is for me the first track on this album. Yeah, but I think that's what's you know in terms of like the you know, the more sub- substantial tracks in the, in the yeah the track listing. I don't know which one I would take out, but I do think some of them should be taken. I'm sure if I listen through I could say, okay, I like these ones less. Obviously, that's not how, that's not I, how it I, works, I, but... I think part of the issue is that, you know, like, since since all these tracks are so similar, they, they tend to sound like they blend into each other and that it's just one big track, yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was really vibing to this. I remember the first time I listened to it, and when I checked... You know, like, I wonder where I was. I think it was about halfway through. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, this really, like you said, it really did have a vibe to it that blended together. And then I periodically, you know, once it started hitting me, I'm like, okay, this started to get long. It felt like every single track from, like, yeah. the 75% mark on, I was, like, checking. I'm like, oh, okay. 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 And then just, like, you know, <laughs> song after song, I'm like, wow, like, I'm... This is where the the cons of the album are starting to show up for me. Yeah, I I, mean, I, I, I think it was when I first listened to it. So I I I'm I'm curious. Were you, were you working while you were listening to this, or did you just like sit down and listen to it? Uh, I was. I think I might have listened to it one one morning when I was. Um, I was just getting ready, you know, making coffee or whatever. I, I primarily listened to it when I was working and. I feel like if I was just sitting down listening to it, it might have even ex- exacerbated these issues. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like I'm, I'm. Some albums I do, I do listen to just to kind of you know digest when I feel like I need to. But I, I think that would have been a detriment here. Um, yeah, it's funny how the, there are some albums that like kind of work well in the background. I don't know, like I. I I really like applying that definition of ambient music to all source of music because like you you know like i remember back in college when i was working on papers like my go-to album was bitches brew like yeah without a doubt and for some reason like i even though you could argue i didn't listen to it in a sense because i was busy writing this paper i know every single second of that album now <laughs> like and that is a long ass album so yeah. like you know i I just listened to it that many times while writing that just just kind of just become that for me, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. I I, I definitely think that this is an album that I think it definitely works. I don't know if it would really work well on its own. Uh, you know, if you if you're dancing to it, like sure, you yeah. Know? Uh, but yeah, I, on its own, it's like yeah, you know, good for good for what it is. Maybe a little long. Apparently, the vinyl version is is almost 40 minutes as opposed to the cd's 50 so i can see that because sometimes when you you're splitting um like the i think at least one mars volta album is shorter on the vinyl just because it didn't 
like the way they would have to press it would would just be they'd either have to waste a side. Which one do you think? Uh, I think it might be Francis the Mute. I'm not sure yeah, which kind of makes that, sense. That, that sounds right. I, I want to look that up now. But th- there are uh, some 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 vinyl versions I've I've encountered that are shorter because you know occasionally they'll do you know like a double LP and they'll do like an etching on the third side because there just isn't like it's a bit it's a bit cramped to do it on one vinyl but at the same time there's not enough to to do it on you know four sides. Um, yeah, I'm looking at. Francis the Mute, I, I don't really see that. Um, it might not be that one. It might not even be Mars. I remember there was one album yeah. I was like, maybe I should get this on vinyl. And I was like, oh, I don't really like that. You're missing missing it, music. Apparently, there's a locked groove on, on each side. Um, on, on like, each vinyl, basically. Oh. On, uh, for Francis the Mute, which is kind of a cool thing. I, I've, I don't know. You know, that that's something... I don't know. Are we done talking about Burial? Yeah. I guess. Okay, because I just want to go into this really quick is is sort of this idea of like little bells and whistles being put on vinyl. Because like I remember, um, I think it was Jack White's um, album Lazaretto, if I remember right, that like they were talking about like all this different stuff that it had on the vinyl that like it could make a hologram and stuff like what? that. Seriously, I I. I I'm not even joking with you. It's um, I'm trying to remember the the which which album of his it is though. I, I it's either Blunderbuss or it's um, Lazaretto, and I I still don't know. I'm still looking at it right now. Um, but yeah, like it had all this different stuff. Like you know, it had like a locked groove in it, and like you know things like that. It's just like I don't know. Did, did, does the did the appearance of a locked groove interest you? Uh, could you explain it? Because I, I, I think I know what you it, mean. But so, so basically, it once it gets to a certain part, once it gets to that groove, it will actually stay in that groove instead of being a very tightly wound spiral. It'll just stay in this circle forever, and it'll be basically play the same re- repeating phrase over and over again. Oh my until gosh! Until you turn it off, that would annoy me to know <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because there are times where uh, I remember. I think it's my copy of Thirty Six Chambers. I have that on vinyl. Um, there was one side. I don't know what it was. No, I should listen to it again. Maybe it is a lock group. I think that'd be a oh, weird. I, I, that'd be a weird. I, I'm also right. It's, it's Lazaretto. Yeah, and it has a hologram. But we'll, we'll keep keep talking. Yeah. I, I'll get we'll get to this. Yeah, so. it was it was a. I don't know if it was just you know there was a piece of dust and it got stuck. But I remember there was one time I was listening to it, and it was can we, oh, what what are the words? Oh, is it so, tears? So simple, baby. Yeah. So like. That I can be so simple. and it's it's ironic because yeah. it's a sample, so it kept repeating, and I was like, oh, I guess I haven't listened to it a while. I don't remember repeating that much, but then it got to a point where I was like, okay, wait a second, this doesn't sound right, and yeah, it was just like it must have been stuck on that loop or whatever. I would not be interested in that at all, like on purpose. No, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. So, <laughs> the, the this is because I remember watching this video uh, when they had this when this was coming out so it has uh two vinyl only hidden tracks hidden beneath the center labels on it one hidden track plays at 78 rpm but the other plays at 45 making this a three-speed record (laughs) a side a plays from the outside in (laughs) i don't even have like (laughs) dual groove so uh, it says dual groove technology plays an electric or acoustic intro for just one drink, depending on where the needles dropped, and then the grooves meet for the body of the song, which is kind of a cool idea. I like that, but 
um, both sides end with locked grooves. Um, let's see, dead wax area on side A contains a hand etched hand etched a hologram. Uh, you know, it's just like why? No, you know what's annoying about that is one. Like, I, I, I'm not sure of the price, but I, a I assume that makes it more expensive. Um, yeah, like, probably. And, and is this a, is this just the version you can buy, or is this a special version? I, this is a special version. Okay, of it. because there there are times where um, I remember the first copy of uh, White Light White Heat I bought by Velvet Underground. This is when I was very, just starting out buying vinyl. The only reissue they did at the time was like it was the first LP was just the album. The second LP was all I think it was literally all the same songs, just like different demos. Some were live. Never listened to it once. Um, but I really wanted yeah. the album because I was really into Velvet Underground, and I still—it's one of my favorite, you know, favorite rock albums. Yeah, frankly. I, I I get you. Like at the end of uh, Jethro Tull's, or at least my version of of Thick as a Brick, they have uh, like an like a thirty minute long interview. Yeah, but and, and, like I I don't want to hear an interview. Like even though I I found find Jethro Tull interesting, I just want to listen to the album. Exactly. But the, and the thing is, even though I never listened to that second LP, it it, it made it more expensive. I I forget how much it was, but it was. You know, maybe twice what it should have cost because, you know, there was a second LP. Even though I never listened to it, really had no intention of listening to it. But I bought the bullet because I really wanted it. Like, a few years later, I found, I think it was a, a repress that on white vinyl, just the album. And I was like, well, great. Yeah. Like, you know, when you do... Or like, did, didn't you buy a copy of Bad that had, like, a huge interview thing at the end of it, too? Or, like, Off the Wall or Thriller or something like that? Uh, there was, I don't remember the album, I think there was, yeah, there was an album where it was, you know, there's a ton of crap at the end. And it's, it's not the end of the world, I suppose, but it definitely, depending on, like, your feelings of the end of the album or, like, the flow, it would definitely yeah. be annoying to, like, oh, you really love the last song and then suddenly it launches into, like, extra. Yeah, um, the, the, that's what always annoys me about the, the, uh, the death remasters, because they always include a couple of demos at the end, and, like, it, there's a reason that those are demos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and mo- most of it's, it's actually um, it, it's interesting because my my album of the week is kind of relevant here. So oh, I'll, do, I'll do, like, do you just want to get to that? Uh, well, I, I won't tell you which which album, but uh, I've been listening to okay. a lot of Black Flag recently. Okay, and I actually I bought finally um, uh, uh, the process of weeding out. And okay. uh, I see you because those are the last two releases of theirs. I don't like kind of like a new material releases of theirs. I didn't have. Uh, I I really debated. Cause what I re- about everything went black? Yeah, I I, I debated buying. You know, I bought this straight from SST just so they get brand new copies, really relatively like reasonably priced. And I debated just adding in everything went black because you know save on shipping, whatever you know. But I just felt like they're all songs on because i already have the first four years obviously a lot of those songs are versions that henry rollins ultimately recorded for damaged um and just to me i just don't see the appeal like you know some like some people are really into a band love like listening to like oh i I love the version where you know des des you know sings better than whatever you know like I, i you know some people i guess are really into the bond scott era versus the brian johnson era for example you know like I'm I'm just not into that. Like to me, yeah. I don't want to listen to like several. Because the thing about everything went black is they even have the same song recorded by multiple. 
So see th- th- that that annoys me. Like, like when I bought uh, Joy Division Substance, like I, I I didn't think that that would be the case. But like there are like at least two different versions of level tiers apart, and like I I can't tell the difference between either. Frankly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's like it's still it's still the general song. I mean, it's not like we're talking about you know obviously all, all the vocal vocalist Black Flag. It, had is you know they yell i was gonna say sing but they, they yell differently but it's yeah. not like so different that you're getting a truly you're just, I, I mean but part of this has to do with hardcore punk though that like they they didn't have a whole lot of material to go on yeah exactly so. and like there's nothing like obviously i you know i have listened to the, those versions of of those songs before and i think i like them but at the same time i'll just put on damaged and get kind of the same yeah. or i'll put on the first four years like i already have the I, I'm not really interested in listening to an album that has the same song that sounds like a, yeah, a, I, a I, different t- like shade of yelling on it. It's like that's not. Really I, I get you. Like like like, I have three Bad Brains albums, and they are all pretty much the exact same album because <laughs> they have pretty much the exact same songs, except for like, there's a couple differences. Mm-hmm. But like, really, the only thing that differs between them is just like production yeah. for the most part. And, like, so that, that, that's kind of the reason I was listening to the self-titled as opposed to, like, Rock for Light. Because, like, I, HR's voice is just, like, pitched, like, it feels like an octave higher. <laughs> like, that, that's funny, because actually, I um, I got Rock for Light from the library. I think I wrote a few songs. This is back when I didn't rip full albums. I was just more of a song guy. Um, yeah. But then when I bought the self-titled a little while later, I was like, why don't I recognize some of these songs? It's like, because, yeah, like, the, for whatever reason... Because, I mean, Rock for Light is a studio album, right? They just, yeah. like, for some reason used, like, several of, of the same song. I, I never really got that. Like, I understand using, like, demo material or old EP material and, like, your, your future full-length albums, but those are both, like, standalone full-length albums that they're like, yeah, this song was cool. Let's do it. Let's run it back. Let's do it Yeah, again. I... I really don't know the whole thought process behind that. I Again, I, I think it's, like, because, you know, hardcore punk just had... But like some of those bands were just only around for like you know an EP sometimes, mm-hmm. so like they you know maybe it would make sense to kind of get every version of that song, e- even if they really aren't that all that different. Like um, I'm pretty sure that there's a couple repetitions of songs on uh, that Negative Approach album, mm-hmm. Total Recall. Um, you know, so it's just you know is what it is. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's uh, let's talk about albums of the week. So you have a Black Flag album. Yeah, I just I was in a Black Flag kick. I just I grabbed all my CDs and just listened to them, you know, front to back. Um, you know, excluding the the releases I just mentioned that I bought. They actually just came in the mail today. Um, and there's one album I, I wanted to highlight above all else because I feel like it is so. I understand why it is maligned by you know true fans quote-unquote, or, like, you know, OG fans. But I think you have to admire how ballsy it was for them to, to release what, it. What the eh? No, 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 no. <laughs> But, uh, it ha- like, it has to be Family Man. Like, the, the fact that they released that, you know, obviously My War was a departure from what they'd done originally, but you could totally see, you know, original Black Flag fans, you know, still liking it. You can see that it kind of like, okay, this is different, but I still appreciate it. But for them to drop something like Family Man, where there's only one song that where you know, Henry Rollins and the band are performing together, you know, the first half is all kind of weird, 
you know, spoken word, you know, slam poetry type stuff. The back half sounds like a precursor to the kind of almost punk jazz, like freewheeling stuff that they ultimately did on the process of weeding out. It's just, it's such an interesting, unique release. I mean, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, what? Like, I, because I, I knew that they went in a more metal direction, and just based on the, like, later in their career, which they did on Loose Nut and In My Head, but just based on the album cover being, you know, kind of pretty gruesome, I expect, yeah, I expect, <laughs> yeah, I expected it to, to, this to be their metal turn, but no, it's just, it, 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 it's totally a, um, I, I do I do get why why people especially at the time were like okay now you've you've gone you went further away from hardcore punk with with my war now you're not even playing you're not even doing music on half of this album so like what the hell and then obviously they released I I forgot you know having listened to this they released all those albums in a really really short time frame like I, yeah. I didn't realize that they because obviously they did. Um, they did EPs and you know demos for a long time, but then once it came to their studio albums, we're talking you know My War '84, Family Man '84, Slippin' In '84, then Loose Nut and My Head were both '85. So they released five albums in a two-year span, and then obviously called it quits, and then came back with What the, which I actually I've still I still haven't listened to it because I kind of don't want to. Um, I, I I don't think it counts. <laughs> it just. I don't know. At some point, I'll listen to it because it's like Greg Jinn. It doesn't feel like what happened with the Misfits, where Jerry only, you know, kind of took, just took over. He took over, yeah. like I don't want to say unjust, justly, but he never was the focal point of the band. And then suddenly, it's like, nope, this is my band now. Like Greg Jinn was a huge part of why Black Flag was so successful. Well, like, well, wasn't there a whole Misfits lawsuit? Yeah, I, th- I think between I forget what side everyone fell. I don't even know who's in the Misfits anymore because I don't. They, 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 the original lineup is back together. I think. Yeah, like they, they, I think they did a few one-offs. I don't know if they're. I would be really hesitant after if the latest <laughs> after Danzig yeah, sings Elvis. If, if that album hadn't come out, I think I would have been more interested in hearing a new black a new uh, Misfits album. But I'm not interested at all anymore. I I wouldn't mind seeing Misfits live though. Oh, I'd like to see them. Sending, same with Guns N' Roses. Like, just thinking about Guns N' Roses being, like, back together just, like, warms my heart so much. So. Yeah, it's... It's definitely... I feel like there's a difference between seeing those kind of bands live and just, you know, kind of enjoying them playing the greatest hits and just being on stage and being like, okay, well, now we're going to play a song for the new album and you should check it out. It's like, no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm fine with what we're doing tonight. I'm not gonna. I, I don't know. I see. See, like, I, I would, I would listen. I, I might even buy a new Guns N' Roses album if, but whenever that comes out, um, actually, that that kind of leads into my own album of the week. But I, I did want to say that it's funny that that you went a little, did a little CD shopping too, because I, I did the same thing with Bull Moose, uh, just the other day, and I'm starting to finally get stuff in the mail. <laughs> so, uh. Which I, I got some stuff that like I actually never had like like I I finally have a copy of Black Up, if you can believe oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, but it is not my album of the week, uh, and I just pulled this album of the week out of my ass because I was thinking about what I listened to this week, and this was kind of the most fun. And it is uh, by the way by uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So little story. Uh, me and my sister are really big fans 
of Red Hot Papers, but that's like one of the few bands that we always listen to together. Mm-hmm. Um, Californication is probably the big one there. It's still my favorite Chili Peppers album, but um, mm-hmm. I remember buying, by the way, uh, sometime, I, I know it was, I, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on uh, a CD buy that we did. Um, and I I never listened to it. I've only listened to uh, the, the track Can't Stop, you know, it's it, which is a great track. Uh, but when I first listened to it, I really wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, but I don't know what happened this time, but like, it really, I really dig it right now. Like it, it's really grooving with me. Um, I, I just love that. Like, you, you know, like there are those people who are like still, you know, are pissed that the Chili Peppers kind of went to like this weird, like soft alt rock direction. And like, you know, I, like I, I get it because I mean, like they were insane back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just doing all this weird funk metal shit. But I, I really like this this you know mellow type of soft rock that 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 they do. Um, like it's it, there's something I just really like about it. If, if only because it's just super feel good. Uh, but it's just it's, it's also really good summer music as well. Like I I honestly like they, they're probably the most California band I can think of. Now now that I, now that I really think about it. Yeah. Because, like they, just all of their music, even from like their early days, just so it's just it, it is just like the ideal version of California for me. Uh too bad it's not like that in real life at all. But <laughs> Yeah, I can't say, I actually haven't listened to a ton of uh well I mean, obviously the the song their music I've listened to a ton just by yeah. like being alive in this country yeah. at this time. But in terms of their full albums, I, I really haven't listened to um, I don't think any they of them. Some good stuff. Oh, they you, you Californication. I still feel like is a really good album. Uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is really good too. Um, honestly, like I, they definitely have some misses, and uh, you know they recently they they did like two albums with like some other guitarist that wasn't John Frusciani. But and this is what I was talking about earlier. Is that uh, they've recently reunited with John Frusciante, who was the guitarist on Californication, and by the way, and like basically all their big albums, mm-hmm. um, and they are working on a studio album. I don't know how COVID comes into play here, um, but they said they were working on something, and I'm really psyched for that. Even though their output has not been great, like basically for like the last decade. Uh, also, it was so funny when whenever. <laughs> Whenever you'd see like a news story about them, and it was a John Frusciante. No, with, with or, when uh, they had the new guitarist, who was like the youngest person they could have found, seemingly, because <laughs> you had like all like you know Flea and Antikitas and uh, oh my god, I always forget the drummer's name. Yeah, the Chad, uh, Chad Smith. Yeah, and they all. I mean, they all look like old men because they're older at this point. And then you just <laughs> had like this, you know, this clean shaven young buck. That um, that just did not <laughs> fit at all with the rest of them. So I didn't. Yeah. You know, I didn't listen to the new albums. I can't tell you whether or not you know they're any good. I I've heard like you that they're not. I yeah. Uh, I I just had no interest because it, John Frusciante is just like such a great guitarist. Like I, I feel like he's the only Chili Peppers guitarist in my mind. Even though I think a lot of people will like disagree with me and say that uh, Hillel Slovak was the original guitarist was is like the definitive one but 
I mean, I, I guess it depended on like what era and what sound you you're talking about with them. So, um, yeah, I, I all all I say is uh, I I'm psyched for a new Chili Peppers album. Um, you know, I I don't usually talk about this type of rock that much, but uh, you know, when I do, I I I have a really big love for it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think that would be? Um, what do you think the best album to start with? Because I, I, I'll give it, I'll give Ooh. a full album a shot tomorrow. So that is a good question. Do you want more something more funky? Do you want something more mellow? Um, uh, do you I, want something in between? I mean, it, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, because you know, like, if you yeah, I, if you want really funky, like Mother's Milk is probably the way to go. Um, but I, if if you want something that's more in between, I think Californication that that's still my favorite album of theirs, because um, it really runs the gamut of like you know you, you get some pretty funky stuff, but like n- nothing too hard. But then you get some really nice soft pieces. Like um, the track Porcelain is just just a beautiful piece. It, it kind of reminds me almost of um, Radiohead's Nude in oh. the way that it's just it sounds it's very fragile sounding. Um, yeah. I would say Californication, honestly. Okay. Yeah, because um, I mean, I've you know, I've I've enjoyed the the, the gamut because obviously, like all, all their singles sound very different. So yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in hearing. I would know. say yeah, either Californication. If that doesn't work for you, put on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and I, I I'll pretty much guarantee one of those albums will do it for you. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I definitely have enjoyed you know all the the hits yeah so i feel like I, I really i really want to listen to their older stuff now because you know they they were really freaky back in the day do, do, do you remember the whole dick sock photograph thing <laughs> yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, i also man. remember when it was like the biggest deal in the world it well, i mean that's a little bit of exaggeration but people were so upset that they um i forget if they were like opposed to it or like the rock community was upset that at the super bowl they didn't like they weren't actually playing, they were they were they were lip syncing and they were you know fake playing. I don't remember that, but, but um, yeah, it's because I was. It doesn't know. surprise me. Yeah, but no, but, but people were like, "Do you realize the the intense, you know, circumstances around playing at the Super Bowl? Like you have an incredibly short window, and it's it's one of the you know it's the most viewed program every year. Like you can't you can't put it up to chance. Like you can't you just simply can't." Yeah, I, well, I, especially after Justin Timberlake. So yeah, well, and then also that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beloved history. <laughs> oh, good, good, good times, right? Uh, right, Scott. Good times. Yeah. Good, good times that we'll never forget. But somehow the rest of the world is kind of forgotten because Justin Timberlake is still liked by people. It's a. Am- it's amazing. What's up? How come Justin Timberlake hasn't hasn't gotten canceled yet? It's amazing that he. Um... He survived that better than um, Janet Jackson did. Like I, f- I mean, to be fair, Janet Jackson, I don't, I don't think she was riding on much to begin with. Yeah, but like I definitely, I feel like that was kind of the final nail in the coffin. Whereas at this point, Justin, Tim- I mean, like he's he's I, he's but, been but, reborn as like a family man and like a pop. Yeah, but uh, so like I I think like there, there are more extenuating circumstances than that. Um, you you know like like think about like Shanae O'Connor like who's who's talking about Shanae O'Connor right now yeah that that, that, that from was us. um that was a huge uh 
like that's such a great example of, maybe not great but like you know, one moment or like you know the doing the quote unquote the wrong thing at that time could totally because you, you're you're right like she was she was on the rise and then suddenly yeah. like she's nowhere now I mean obviously you, you have to wonder how much of that is her own decision how much of that is just the back I, I mean, mean it's, it's probably a mix of both obviously I, it's a lot of backlash yeah but um, I mean it's the yeah. same thing with and, the with the Dixie Chicks too I mean they they went from like one of the the most Which, celebrated country acts, you know, yeah, in, modern in a country. while. But then... I, I find that so weird. You know what's really weird about all this is that all both of the topics that both of them bring up are both issues that wouldn't even be issues today. Oh, absolutely. Like, people like... Like, l- 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 like com- complaining about the president? It's, an, it's amazing <laughs> how much our... Like, artists do that all the time on social media. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. That's so normal, but you're it, right. It, but but the thing is that, like, it, it, they've been doing it for long before both of those artists. It was so weird. But, like, because... Like, do, do you remember how many people shat on Reagan back in the 80s? Well, it, it was... I think it was, you know... People like to invent rules when it suits them i suppose like apparently like it's yeah. wrong like you can't do that during war because we were you know we're at war and she did it on you know they did it on a foreign radio show like it just there was so many things that apparently you're not supposed to do but like in the moment they're like haha you broke this long-standing rule but i remember like my mom bringing it up and being like oh like the dixie chick said this like not that we ever listened to them but i remember she like talked to me about it, like how terrible of them to say and i was like really like like look well, yeah not, not that then i was like oh okay whatever who gives a shit because I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I was too young to care. Yeah. But now I'm like, it is crazy that nowadays if someone said that, no one would give a shit. Like, no yeah, one, it's, I mean, it's maybe people. Weirdest thing. Maybe people in there, like if they had um, conservative, which they probably have a lot of conservative fans, you know, maybe they would be like, oh, okay, I'm, yeah, I, I, I could see that, but I mean, like, I, I feel like country has gotten to like this place now where it's like inoffensive to like everybody regardless of of their political leanings i feel like it's still a i feel like it's still conservative leaning well i i i'm talking about like that pop country bullshit yeah i just mean like on like i definitely think it's it has a predominant fan base in the south and you know the south is predominantly more conservative more you know gop centric but it is interesting how you know in a moment someone's career can change yep oh what isn't that um that's Rage Against the Machine lyric. Uh, anything could change on a New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's... I think it's Calm Like a Bomb, I think. I think so. I haven't listened... I need to yeah. listen to, because uh, I really like Zachary Oroca's new new feature on the new Run the Jewels album. Oh, I still haven't listened to that. Yeah. W- w- why are we still talking for this podcast? <laughs> yeah, wow. We're, uh, we're going we're, over. We're way point. over. So, uh, yeah. thanks for listening. <laughs> And we'll be back next week. All right, see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on... uh, iTunes pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast. Basically, uh, we are on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Sayshore Podcast on Twitter, and our email I think is Sayshore Podcast at gmail.com. 
And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.